Hello and welcome to the first Record Rangers podcast of 2022. I'm Gavin Berry and today I'm joined by the Daily Records and the Newport and Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott. Happy New Year to you both, first of all. Happy, Happy New Year, Scott. And to all our listeners out there as well, Happy New Year to you. Did you have a quiet one? You can have anything else, I suppose. <laughs> First thing, this is the first day I've not been hungover, so... Is that right, so... so aye. Is this, is, this, is this day three of dry January, no? Yeah, the DTs are kicking in now, so... Aye, diet, diet starts tomorrow, Gav. Are you both doing dry January? <laughs> we'll see how the first week goes. <laughs> a decision this weekend. Right. It's just impossible. Well... It's certainly not been dry on the transfer front, has it? Or certainly not in transfer news, maybe not in uh, actual deals done, but there's been no hanging around. The window only opened on Saturday. Um, here we are on Tuesday morning, and it looks like for Rangers it could be one out, one in and one out already. Um, let's start with the big one. Obviously, Nathan Patterson, fee around 10, 12 million up front. Various add-ons could rise to 16 million. I think he's undergoing a medical as we speak. Um, that's going to be completed. What do you think, first of all, Andy? Is it good business all round? Lose, lose yeah. a, well, you lose a player that doesn't weaken the starting 11. That's the first thing, and you get that amount of cash in the bank. Significant fee, a record fee. What do you think? Exactly what you said. I mean, you know, for all the promise that Nathan Patterson's shown, um, and we all think he's a, a fantastic talent, he's not been able to shift James Tavernier out of this Rangers team. So, mm-hmm. if, if you know, as much as um, you know, it would have been great to see Nathan Patterson develop, and you know, one day perhaps take over from James Tavernier, given he's now uh, past thirty. Um, if, if Rangers can, you know, get as you say a club record fee which will go some way to alleviating the, the financial issues that the club still have to overcome, perhaps give Gio Van Bronckhorst a wee bit of money to spend this month, and you've still got a guy chipping in with, what's Tavernier's figures at? I mean, I think he's, you know, he's got four or five goals this season, but, you know, still leading the assist charts. Um, for me, it's just a no-brainer. I mean, he's, it's uh, a deal that they just could turn down. Yeah. Uh, just a deal they couldn't turn down. Mm-hmm. And again, four goals this season. Uh, Andy touched on it there, Scott. I mean, the board have consistently said, and they repeated it at the AGM, uh, that they didn't need to sell. Now, there's one thing saying you don't need to sell a player. It was there in black and white in the club accounts that there was 23 million losses. So maybe don't need, then you can sort of keep going along, you know. But eventually, there was going to come a point where. I, a deal like this was going to be too attractive, wasn't it? Just because you don't know how long you're going to have to wait before you can get that kind of money again. Yeah, I think well, we've, we've spoke about it for long enough on here that the team that Rangers have built over the last kind of three, four years, the model had to be to try and uh, to try and sell one or two of them. I mean, that's how many times have we said that for clubs like Rangers and Celtic, you know, big clubs in other provincial leagues, you keep going back to teams like Ajax and stuff, that has to be the way forward. You, know, you, you rear your own or you buy cheap and sell uh, sell big. I mean, that's got to be the way forward for, as I say, Rangers and Celtic while you're you know, still in the Scottish, Scottish Premiership. And I think Andy's right. It's a no-brainer for Rangers. Of course, it's a blow losing one of your best 
best young players, but in many ways it's a kind of dream scenario for Rangers because you know, you've reared a young boy, um, you've got you know, a couple of years at him and contributing to the first team. But as Andy says, when you've got your right back as your captain, um, you know, your talisman in many ways in terms of you know, big goals, big moments that, that Tavernier comes up with, it was always going to be difficult for Patterson to to break through and you know, for Rangers to bring in this kind of money and not directly uh, harm the, the first team in any way, your first 11. It's it as a as a no brainer for for that kind of fee. And as you say, listen, they might not have needed to sell um you no know, right away or for a certain amount of money or whatever, but it, but you no know, business sense tells you that this this is a great a great deal for Rangers and it helps the accounts massively. You know, if they can bring this kind of money in for Patterson, they've already brought in four million for Gerard. Which again, no, in hindsight, actually looks like a good deal in terms of what Van Bronckhorst doing at the moment. No, you're talking potentially twenty million, and then if you win the league, another forty million. I mean, that's no that, these figures that could be absolutely huge for Rangers going forward in terms of getting back to where they want to be as a as a club. I think the thought that I've used previously is transformative. I think that's what you're looking at. These are the type of money that propels the club back to. Yeah, and even and financially speaking, an even playing playing field with, with Celtic, you know, with Celtic um, finances are going at the moment. You know, Rangers are, are closing the gap, but this is the sort of thing that transforms them and, and puts them, you know, right back up alongside with the, the, the other team across the city. Other thing, other thing as well as Gav, just on on in terms of the effect it has in the first team. I mean, normally when you lose a big player, you know, for that kind of money. It, it becomes a bit frantic, you no, know, trying to sign a, a replacement, you no, know, mm-hmm. and especially in a January window, yeah. it can be it can be problematic. And mm-hmm. you no, know, you look at let's like Celtic losing Kieran Tierney, for instance, which you no know, for that kind of money, twenty five million to Arsenal again was yeah. a was a no brainer for the club. But it feels like Celtic, you no, know, they lost their first choice left back, a real star of the team, and it yeah. feels like they're still trying to fill that gap. Now, no, you think yeah. Greg Taylor, ball and goalie. Ball and goalie, I know, he just never, just never, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Uh, the boy Scales is in now, even the the Uruguayan boy that they brought in and loan for Facey Milan. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's been so difficult for them. And that's the beauty of this deal for Rangers is that with Tavernier there, they yeah. can actually, they can take their time a bit. Of course, they'll need to sign a replacement for Patterson in terms of the squad. But it feels like they can take their time a bit more. They can be a bit more measured. You know, they've got a few different options. You know, they could go and sign a. You know, they could go and sign an experienced right back as backup for Tavernier if they wanted. But mm-hmm. I suspect they'll probably go down the route of signing, you no, know, a Bassy type player, but it's a young up and coming, maybe for a Premier League academy or from abroad, where they can go and nurture them and and improve them again with the hope. In a few years' time, of maybe maybe selling on for a profit, but as I say, I think going back to the original point, that that's the beauty of this deal: the fact that it doesn't harm the first team. There is no frantic, no rush to go and sign a, a first choice right back, um, where teams know you're looking for a right back and prices go up and stuff like that. So, um, as Andy says, it's a, a no brainer. Yeah, you're right in what you're saying, but I mean. What, what, let's just say, just for talking sake, you know, Tavernier was suspended or injured or, I mean, you know, when you had Patterson, to, you know, to be able to step in there, you do, you, 
It hurts your squad. Yeah. It hurts your squad because you're losing a very good, you know, a very good squad player out of the out of the squad. You no, know, a really good backup as Patterson proved. And of course, as I, as I said, that they'll need to sign a, yeah. they'll need to go and sign a replacement. Um, as I say, oh. I just feel there's there's no that desperation to go and get the guy. I think they can at least take their time. I'm sure they'll, they'll have a few options already lined up. Um, for a kind of younger right back to come in, so as I say, I just think it's it's better than you no know, the other scenario of somebody coming in and just taking your first choice yeah. right back, and suddenly there's a you no know, there's a real kind of panic set in to go and get the, the right guy. Yeah, well, two years ago, it was two years ago this month that Nathan Patterson made his debut onto that Friday night when he came back from Dubai. It was a, a game against Stranraer, a two 0 Scottish Cup win. It was a kind of pretty forgettable game, to be honest, apart from Patterson's performance. I mean, do they now just look underneath to the B team now? Adam Devine, I think, it would be next in line. Um, he had a loan spell at Brecon City uh, last night. Initially went to Partick Thistle, but it was cut short. Um, he seems pretty highly rated. I mean, could they just promote him? Might they just promote him? Um, is he good enough from what you've heard, Andy? Or do you think from the, from the wee bits I've read about him, um, obviously I haven't seen an awful lot of them. The wee bits I've read, um, I think there's still a wee bit to go yet. I think it's maybe just a wee bit early. I mean, as you say, he went to Thistle, and I think they let him go after about three or four weeks because he just wasn't going to play, and they didn't want to, um, you know, have him there under sort of false pretenses. I think it was the way that Ian McCall sort of uh, spoke about it at the time. I think they'd had. An injury at right back and That's the, right. the lad. Ryan Williamson and yeah. he came back. I read that. Back, yeah. He came back. So they didn't want to keep him there knowing that he wasn't going to feature. And mm-hmm. I think that'd be a concern. You know, if you can't get in the apartheid Thistle team last year, it's a, it's a big, big jump to, to think that you're going to be able to play mm-hmm. sort of even semi-regularly at Rangers. So, um, you know, I think, I think Scott's right. Yeah, they might need to look elsewhere for... Um, for a, a replacement or a, certainly somebody to come and provide backup to, to Tavernier. I mean, times last year, Balgan sort of drifted out to that right-hand side. Um, did well, I think it was a Dundee United game, he did fairly well, but then in one of the European games, I think it may have been Sparta-Prague, didn't look quite so comfortable out there. Oh, so. Standard Liège, was it standard not? Standard Liège, yeah, forgive me. So, That's right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's an, it's a, I'm, I'm not so sure that, you know, Going into the B team, if guys there, I mean, it's that's the obviously they're playing a lot more, they're playing the Lowland League, but it's still a hell of a jump to go from there to playing even you know the odd four or five games for the first team. It's a it's an area that it's just quite a, it's quite a big leap. I think I think highly I agree with Andy. I mean, I've not seen the boy Divine play, so I can't comment on how how good he is. But I mean, be highly unlikely that. Know, your young right back could leave and you would just go in and get the next one in line. I mean, of course that's that's utopia for clubs, do you know what I mean, in terms of what they would what they would want to do. But I mean it very rarely it very rarely happens. Um I mean I look at I look at young James Maxwell who's at Rangers, who has had very successful loan spells in the, the championship now. Um two really successful spells, Queen of South and at, at Air United. Um and I have seen him play, and I think he is very, 
very good, very talented, but I mean, it looks as if he'll, he'll leave Rangers in the summer because they don't think he's ready to go and take that next step and challenge your Barisic's and, and Bassies and stuff. So, I mean, to, to go, to lose Patterson and just go straight into the, the B team and hope to take the next one in line, um, no, of course you would love to do that, but I just can't see it happening. As I say, I think, as I've already said, I can see them going, going and getting a kind of young... No, twenty twenty one kind of Premier League Academy graduate or somebody from abroad that Van Bronckhorst might might know, a kind of up and coming young right back in the hope of getting them in and nurturing them and um as I say, do what do what Bassey's done basically. You no, know, Bassey's had to bide his time, but he's now he's now getting a chance and he looks you no, know, he looks more than capable of being in that first team. Yeah. I mean in terms of Patterson leaving, I mean and we spoke earlier about the money and all that, and, and, and sure enough, I mean, it does make business sense. Of course it does. It is a no-brainer, as you say, Andy. But, I mean, just from a fan, purely from a fan's point of view, I mean, it is, I suppose, pretty sad that the likelihood is you won't get, like, a Barry Ferguson, again, a player that comes through the academy and then spends the majority of his career at Rangers. It's probably the same could be said of all premiership clubs. You look at Kieran Tierney at Celtic, but, I mean, Billy Gilmore... Didn't even get a chance to see him in the first game before he was snatched away. That is just the reality now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but there's also, I mean, you look at Callum McGregor across the city. I mean, you know, Callum McGregor's, in my mind, good enough to go and play Premier League football. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's been interest there down the years. But, Soros, I suppose you could argue, James. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, these guys, you know, are good enough. And, you know, Forrest had his injury troubles over the years. But, you know, McGregor, you know, plays an astonishing amount of football for Celtic. Uh, as I say, I'm sure that there's there's been interest in him down south um, mm-hmm. he's just he's made it clear he wants to stay at Celtic so it comes down to the individual um, yeah. I think the, the thing is it's, you know the, the lure of Premier League football is harder than ever to resist the money yeah. on offer down there is just you know monumental so um, and you know in terms of Parsons case I mean it's not a you know a Burnley or a you know a Watford coming in from Everton as much as a they're a wee bit in the downers at the moment. They are a huge club. Um, it's the one of you know English footballs. You know, you know, you know, royal clubs. If you want to put it that way, and you know, for it'll be a, a big decision for him, I'm sure. But you know, it's, it's just so hard to turn down. So, um, yeah, it's sad that you might not see. You know, I, th- I think it's probably better for for players' development if they if they get a uh, you know hundred games under the belt before moving on. You know, Parsons. Mm-hmm. You know, barely made twenty starts for Rangers, but you know his talent is clear. He showed that for Scotland. He showed that for Rangers in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so now with the the money available, English clubs. I mean, sixteen million as much as that's a huge fee to Rangers. I mean, it's it's, it's probably not the, the biggest sum that Everton will ever spend. Um, so you know they they'll see this as a bargain. It's probably a, a gamble for them if it doesn't pay off. Then sixteen million quid's no 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 huge amount of money. They can write that off with his. For Rangers, it's just too much to turn down. I think in a, I think in a roundabout way, Andy's just told you you're talking rubbish here, Gavin. I know, I just You're right, you're right in, in terms of it is hard now. I mean, listen, Andy's right as well that there's always going to be one or two. McGregor and Forrest are two great examples. Mm-hmm. And I think that will still happen in, in the future. There will be There will be a few that come through and not really make it big at Rangers and Celtic and stay there for a long time. But Gav, you're you're right as well in the sense that for, for any Scottish club, no, doesn't it not just Rangers or Celtic, I mean, look at look at the boy Calvin Ramsey at Aberdeen now, he's only been in the first team no 
for less than a season, attracting a lot of interest. Aaron Hickey was the same at heart, so he did get a lot of games under his under his belt. Yeah. I mean, even younger ones, I mean, you think of the boys, uh, boy Morrison that left Celtic for Bayern Munich and stuff. So it's just the way the world now, no, very difficult for Scottish clubs to hold on to young players, talented young players when big clubs in England are abroad uh, come calling, but there always there'll still always be one or two. And you know, as Andy says, McGregor's McGregor and Forrest are two two great examples. But it's a bizarre situation, isn't it, where you have a, a player who can't get into the first eleven at Rangers, who will almost certainly walk straight in at the same position yep. uh, of a Premier League team. Is does that just underline how good James Tavernier is or how important he is? For me, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, as, as we've spoken about, we've, we've all uh, raved about the, the potential and the talent of um, Nathan Patterson, but mm. even he can't compete with the numbers that, that James Tavernier's been putting in the last few years. Um, and the thing is that he, he now seems to be adapting to um, the new setup with, with Van Bronckhurst, the way that they're playing, he's not he's not getting forward as quite as much, but he's still turning out decent numbers in terms of assists, in terms of goals being scored. So, um, you know, for a right back, you know, was it last year? Was it did he get twenty goals? Was it nineteen twenty goals he got last year? So, you know, they're just incredible. I mean, even if you do include the penalties, obviously, but he's assists as well. So, um, I think that's why it's all the easier for Rangers to accept to, to accept this offer because. You know, when you've got a guy who, even at 30, still doesn't really look like he's on a decline yet. I mean, that that will come, undoubtedly. But if if Rangers can squeeze another season or two out of Tavernier, performing the way he does, and it gives him a bit of breathing room in terms of getting in a new right-back understudy, you know, building them, developing them, getting them to know the way that Van Bronckhorst wants to play so that when Tavernier's dip does come, they can then, uh, you know, swap in the new player so you can say, say what you like about the, the Premier League and the money and how big a club ever I mean uh, right now James Tavernier is a better right back than, than Seamus Coleman uh, I would say he's certainly better than John Joe Kenny who's Seamus Coleman's can understudy down there I mean and I think Gav you're right it proves doesn't it just prove how good Tavernier is or has been? Also proves just how much Rangers have come on and how strong Rangers squad is. That I think Patterson will get down there. He'll certainly jump above John Joe Kenny. I think is can understudy to Coleman. No, Coleman's obviously getting on a bit in his career as a captain down there international. So I mean, they'll need to shift him. But I mean, I don't think we'll be spending that kind of money even though it's no fortunes for a Premier League club, I don't think we'll be spending that kind of money in Patterson for him to, you know, just for him to sit in the under-23s or whatever. I think he'd get in there and the way Everton are going just now, Benitez is going to need to make changes. And I, I could see him going down there, maybe not going straight in, but certainly pushing. And I, I would expect him to be in that first team before too long. Well, I mean, if you're playing devil's advocate, Andy, uh, uh, and some fans have said this, um, there has been this train of thought, could they have sold James Tavernier and kept Patterson for years to come? Or is it not as black and white as that? I mean, I suppose you would need somebody to come in for James Tavernier. Yeah. But I mean, if, you know, do, do you think that's an option? Should they have been looking to push him out because he's 30 and seen what they could get from him? Yeah, I mean, it just depends. I dare say if the, if the option had come about and somebody was offering decent enough money, then that would have been considered because... Mm. 
you know, again, they have the contingency of Patterson being there, but just so happens, you know, you know, Everton are looking to rebuild and looking to build a team for the future. They want somebody, you yeah. know, the, the start of their career rather than somebody who's going to be, you know, you know, maybe only got one or two years left at the sort of current form level. So um, I just don't think many teams down south would want to pay upwards of £10 million for a, a player that's 30, that's played the majority of his career in Scotland. Um, that's not going to happen. They'll, they'll take a punt on somebody who's, you know, 19, 20, because they think they can develop them and they'll have the best years of their career ahead of them. Yeah. Whereas Tavernier's, you know, as good as he has been recently, there, there will be a time limit on that. And, you know, sooner or later, he will, he will hit a dip. I suppose, and it is hypothetical, Scott, but let's say you know, money had come in for James Tavernier, let's say seven or eight or whatever it is, six, seven, eight, and, and you thought, well, we can sell a 30-year-old for that and we'll keep a 20-year-old and we'll keep him for years to come. But if you were just talking about the second half of this season, who would you rather have it right back? Would you rather have James Tavernier or would you rather... Because some people... I mean, let's not kid ourselves. There have been people who earlier on in this season that thought James Tavernier had, I know you said Andy's picked up a bit under Van Bronckhorst, but there was people who, who were arguing Patterson should have been in the team. Who would you rather have? I think you'd still rather have Tavernier for the rest of this season. Right. Um, I think I said on here a few months ago, it was after one of the big goals he scored, either away to St. Johnson or away to Motherwell. Yeah. Tavernier is that, well, as much as I love Nathan Patterson, I think he's a brilliant young player with a, you know, an amazing future ahead of him. He's not at that level yet where he's coming up with the moments now. Yeah. He did come up with a brilliant moment for Scotland that was quite kind of Tavernier-like when he scored the goal. Against Moldova, you were in Andy, yeah. Moldova. Um, mm. And maybe that was the start. Maybe that is Patterson growing and developing into you know, what, what Tavernier is at, at the moment. But mm-hmm. I think in the here and now, you know, with the experience he's got, the fact that he's captain, the fact that I think he is in decent form, uh, especially under Van Bronckhurst, then I think you would rather have Tavernier. I mean, listen, you'd love, you know, as a Rangers fan, you'd love to keep both of them for the rest of the season and you're going to try and win a title and you know, progress again in Europe and try to get you know, try to get past Borussia Dortmund. You you want your best you want your best players there, but you can only deal in the here and now and you know, as you say, there had to be a bid come in for Tavernier before you would before you would consider it. I agree with Andy, I don't think you were ever going to get that kind of money um for a for a thirty year old. Um no, the, the, the attraction of Patterson is, is his age, mm-hmm. you know, his potential, no sure. potential sell on. No, Everton will think no matter what happens, once he's down there and he's in that, you no, know, he's in that pond, that Premier. You no, know, they'll get their money back on him probably no matter what happens. You no, know, even if he's not a success at Everton, they'll probably still get that money back if he goes to a top end championship, a bottom, uh, bottom end Premier League. That's the attraction they go and getting these, go and getting these young players. Um, at that age, so Rangers had to deal with the here and now. A big bid's come in for parts in a club with real concrete interest, and no, they had to they had to take it. Of course, they did. Yeah, I mean, Andy, if you look at well, Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson are two guys that he's obviously going to be compared to. Interesting piece with Graham Murphy this morning in the paper uh, talked about. Uh, it was actually a good line. 
uh, talking about when he when he watched him again playing for Scotland against France. He was up against Lillian Turam's boy. He said he was just looking at his boy with the with the oversized shorts and thinking he won't stand up to these. You know, these were French. This French side, he says, were real specimens. or fifteen year old, but they were like men. Uh, but he said he, his technical ability just sort of set him apart, even against them. Uh, he says the way he deals with pressure situations, with a, a pass, holding the ball in, uh, nothing phases him. What, how do you think he'll do in comparison to your Tierney's and Robertson's? I mean, those two are the absolute peak of what Scottish players have achieved in England uh, recently. But um, I, th- I think he's got the potential to do really well. I mean, uh, what's impressed me is that I think with every stage of Rangers career you've seen progress it's not been he's stalled or he's not had to take a step back there's always been steps forward every time he's, he's come in you know even this season he looks to be a bit bigger he looks to be a bit more athletic he looks to have matured a wee bit um, you know, even he's been had to play in midfield a few times which he's, he's comfortable with he's done, he did a lot for Scotland under 21s um, under uh, Scott Gemmell but you know he, he's got that adaptability and I think you know, when you look at the potential, you won't think with Rangers, you've only seen a small fraction of what he's capable of. Um, if it, you know, it'll take a lot to get to the levels that Tierney and Robertson are at, obviously, but you know, that even if he doesn't match up to that, that's not to say he'll be a failure. That that just, you know, he can still be a very, very good Premier League player if he, if he even goes halfway to what those two guys have done. But, um, you know, I, th- I think that there's a lot to come from him, and I think we should we should all be excited about what Nathan Patterson's got in store because it'll only mean good things for the national team. Um, I think that's been a, th- a thing that's been missing for, for Scotland before he came in. You know, having that balance on, on both wings, where when you've got this sort of Tierney Robertson access in that latter left hand side, if we can get that, you know, similar sort of levels of performance to the right, then it just makes the national team such a more you know, threatening prospect for opposition teams. So, yeah, I'm really excited about what he's got to offer. And, you know, if, if he can get to the level with Robertson and Tierney and that, then wow, what a, what, a, what a team we've got for the future. Yeah. I think he's also got a wee bit of, crucially, he's also got a wee bit of arrogance about him. I don't know what you think, Andy, but I think, and I mean arrogance in a good way. No, I don't think he's, I want to say he's cocky, but just look at him, he seems... Sure of himself. Um, I don't think, but I've seen him in some Scotland games, even a couple of Rangers games, where he's, you know, he's actually made a couple of mistakes. And I mean, it doesn't bother him. He'll just go and do the same thing again. Uh, I don't think he's affected by, you know, the thought of people getting in his back or whatever. I think he seems very single-minded, very, as you say, assured in his own his own ability. And I think. I think you need that to go and break through at Rangers, what he's done. But I think you also need that going down, going down south to a, to a big club. But I mean, I, I think turning up at Everton uh, and going in to play Premier League games, I just, I don't think it will phase him one bit. I think you're right when you say that because you think back to the standard Liège game, and he'd obviously had his COVID troubles, and you know there was a lot of scrutiny on him that night, and obviously comes off the bench um, and scored within, I think it was 16 seconds. I mean, that's the sort of way to sort of answer yeah. critics and to, to respond to scrutiny. So he's got, he's got the right makeup in that sense. You know, if he's under pressure, then so far he's shown that he can, he can handle that. Mm-hmm. In terms of, well, we're talking about, that's obviously concentrating on somebody going out. Rangers fans will be more excited about who could be coming in. James Sands, American international, 21 years old, reports this morning. Uh, Rangers and Tops uh, over an 18-month loan deal, plays for New York City, uh, made history as the first player to come through the academy system there and then make it into the first team. 
helped former Celtic boss uh, Ronnie Dyler win the MLS Cup last season, worth around £3 million. Talk of a loan with an option to buy, can play in the centre of defence, um, can play in midfield. Um, do we know much about him, guys, apart from that? Have you watched him? I had a wee sort of scout through some of his clubs on YouTube uh, this mm-hmm. morning. Um, in terms of, he seems to have been playing, he's been playing defensively, playing that sort of the right-hand side of back three. Back three, I saw that. Yeah, yeah so I'm not, I'm not sure he's a like-for-like replacement in terms of parts. In terms of when he's been playing midfield, he's a sort of holding midfielder. The sort of vibe I got from him, he was a bit... He's, he's, like Glenn Kamara, no? <laughs> no, no, sort of shades of Ryan Jack was more the, the one that... Oh, I, right, okay. I was going to say a bit Matt Polster-like. Yeah, well, well, um, well. Uh, that's maybe doing them a, dis- a disservice. Uh, <laughs> I was I was thinking Kamara when I read, but if you are you're saying, uh, I, just, you know, I don't think he's got the I don't think he's got the skill set that Kamara does. Kamara's got a box of tricks. He, he, he seems to be more just a bit more straightforward. From the, the bits I saw, he seemed to read the game well, cover mm-hmm. holes, um, you know, interceptions. But raw. I mean, you know, he's, I think he's only twenty twenty one. Um, Seven caps for America, which is you know decent experience, but I think sixty games in the MLS. But mm-hmm. um, certainly you know a, a lot of polishing to be done on them. Um, range of passing looked okay, but you know I think MLS is one thing playing in, you know old firm games or playing in Europe's another, and those are the things that will really test them. So I mean, it seems an interesting prospect. Eighteen month deal, loan deal looks. Yeah. You're probably wise in that sense, come in to a try before you buy thing. Um, well, it makes perfect sense for Rangers, but I'm not so sure why New York City would be interested in a loan. I mean, he's got a five year contract mm. and he's worth about he's worth three million pounds. So I don't know what, what they presume it's just that there's no other interest. I mean, that must be that's the only conclusion. That's the only conclusion. Rangers maybe are the only the club who are seriously interested mm. and have said, Look, this is how we want to do the deal. And maybe New York, um, maybe I almost like a goodwill. These players want to try Europe because, I mean, I, I, there was quotes from the sporting director who said, you know, we won't stand in the way of anybody who's ambition. So if he's come through the system and he fancies it, maybe they are willing to say, look, we'll agree to it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, it's also good for the MLS. And the more club, more players that they can sell to Europe allows them to set a level in terms of, you know, we've spoke previously about Rangers trying to set a standard for transfer fees and, you know, look like they're doing that now with Patterson. Um, the more players that MLS can, can transfer over to, to Europe allows them to set a, you know, a standard in terms of what they can expect to recoup from when clubs come in future. So um, they they want to open up that pathway. It's a revenue stream for, for the MLS. Um I mean, Rangers have had sort of mixed luck with American guys previously. I mean, you think, you know, well, Reina, Reina was Reina awesome. and, and uh, uh, Beasley, but then you're also thinking, you know, Polster, uh, Bedoya. I mean, uh, one of the games I actually watched uh, this morning that was um, Bedoya was playing in it. Uh, I think it was for was it Philadelphia Union. Um, yeah. so, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's not a, a guaranteed success, these guys coming over because, you know, it's a, even though it's a league that's been there for 20, 25 years, it's still, you know, you know, still finding his feet to an extent. Yeah. So, um, I and think his, current, his current teammate Zelalem, obviously we can't forget about him, although he yeah. was already in Britain, wasn't it? But he's playing at New York now. Yeah. He's been with him, but he was obviously already at Arsenal before he came up. Yeah. I mean, he looked 
tidy at first, didn't he? But it just it, it kind of faded a bit. Yeah, seemed to play every game. I thought it was a strange one. Um, wonder if that was part of his loan agreement for Arsenal. He had to play every game. There was times when he was miles off it, and yet we still get picked next week by. As much as I'm, as much as I'm half joking about Polster, I mean, his example does show how difficult it is. I mean, Polster was a pretty established MLS player. Um, Certainly, certainly established now, and as by all accounts, is a great, a great season at his club uh, this season. Um, Polston, yet he, not as much as he showed a couple of wee flashes, and he, no, he was seemed pretty reliable. No, I think he came on a few times to see games out and stuff, but was never, yeah, it was never really going to break into the the Rangers first team and, and make a real impact. So, just I think that shows, you know, how difficult it is coming for the the MLS to, to Rangers or Celtic and listen if you're saying it's an 18 month loan that would seem fairly low risk for Rangers point of view they've obviously watched them no, no good thing it does prove they're kind of casting the net wide no they've not just plucked the boy from nowhere they clearly see a bit of potential and something worth worth looking at so if it is an 18 month loan as I say pretty low risk that, that would seem to work for Rangers but yeah. to me that it would seem more like a kind of like a project signing in, in the hope that you know, he does come over and, and, and can give them something different but as I say I, I agree with Andy I think it is difficult you know, comparing the kind of not comparing the standard I mean the MLS is a good standard now I just think history tells you that it can be difficult for these guys to come over and make a real impact as a different different style of football different culture um, so intensity. I mean, these guys won't have sampled. I mean, you know, even going to smaller grounds in in Scotland, the, the, the atmospheres can be feisty. You know, Rangers. You know, every team always wants to see their team beat Rangers and Celtic. So, you know, just the the pressure that you're put under here is, especially, you know, every game has to be a victory. So that'll be the thing that will, will be the, the biggest culture shock. I imagine if, it, if this does go through. Yeah, but what about guys like Gio Reyna and um, Pulisic down at Chelsea? I mean, these guys have all adapted not too badly. They're special talents, but aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're superstars. I mean, if, if this boy's a superstar, he'd have Chelsea and Borussia Dortmund in from his tail, do you know what I mean? So, come on, Gav. That's yeah. this devil advocate thing that you're coming away with today. Oh, well, listen, if I don't... The host thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> But um, the other thing is the fact he can play centre half. Um, well, tells you that Jack Simpson. I mean, well, I think we know that anyway. He's not really fancied, is he? So I mean, it, it could it could be another. It could be a backup to him. He could he could slot in instead of Bassi. You could then move into left back if there's any problems with Barisic. Um, but in terms of other names, I mean, John Suter is a centre half. And that that name is one that just seems to keep lingering. Um, we read earlier this week. You know the Rangers will try again to get Connor Goldson to sign another deal. But what do you think about John Suter? How realistic? Ending up at Ibrox. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's it makes sense to me. I think he'd be a perfect fit to us. I think he would fit perfectly the way that you know Giovanni Broncos wants to play. Uh, the only question mark I think would be injuries. Um, you know, the remarkable thing is he's had these three horror. Achilles injuries and he's come back and looks as good as ever, which is remarkable, a testament to his powers of recovery. Um, it's fairly freakish to have the amount of Achilles injuries that he's had at this stage in his career. Um, it's, you just wonder, you know, to, ha- to have a fourth one, I'm, 
I'm not so sure any MDs ever had four Achilles injuries of, of, of that type and that the, the entirety of their career. So for him to, I think that would be the, the concern. Is, is this, is, he just had three freak injuries and okay, now he's, he's overcome them, we'll be okay. Or is this going to be a persistent issue that's going to dog him for the rest of his career? So that'll be the big question mark. But in terms of talent wise, I mean, I think you saw in the, the Denmark, the Scotland Denmark game at Hamden where he scored, you know, he's, he's more than good enough to, to play for Rangers. Yeah, I think it should be a no-brainer for Rangers. Give uh, certainly to go in for him, but whether they would get him or no, I mean, I don't know what John Suter's thinking. A lot of talk about how you know, his own personal ambitions are about going to play in England, and obviously his brothers went down there and, and did really well. Um, but from Rangers' point of view, irrespective really of the Goldson situation, I, I just think when there's a, a Scottish talent there, and you're not talking about somebody who's untried, and you're taking a gamble. I mean. Talk about bona fide Scotland centre back, no bags of Premiership experience. Mm-hmm. You know, as Andy says, no question marks over his character or his mental strength or resilience mm-hmm. after what he's been through. So I don't think going to play for Rangers would would phase him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all aside for his actual ability, which has been evident for being a young boy. I mean, it's, it feels like John Suter's been around for. No, fifteen years or whatever. Uh, to think he's still, I think he's still only twenty-five. Is that right? Which is, which is yeah. remarkable. Um, so, f- to me, certainly as a as a free transfer, if John Suter's remotely interested in in signing for Rangers, then I think as as a club, that should be a no-brainer. They should be, no, they should certainly be going for him. I suppose the problem is if he's a free agent and English Championship clubs have been linked with him, it's then going to be a question of like how much. He, I mean, is he going to be getting offered down there? Because yeah. the reason Rangers aren't willing to give Connor Goldson a new deal is a sticking point over money, and they won't break break a wage structure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Suter would get as much. No, I don't. Don't think Rangers would, would be up at Connor Goldson's kind of wage level to try and persuade John Suter to to come to Ibrox. Um, so if the if it's between Rangers and Championship clubs, then it would depend, as I say, on the, play, on the player's personal ambition. No, you're not going to get a, you're not going to get a Championship club in England that are bigger than that are bigger than Rangers or can offer European football or whatever. So, as I say, I don't know what the players thinking themselves, but certainly um, if if the, if he had any inclination to to go and sign for Rangers. I don't, as I say, I don't think you'd need to be offering them goals and money to go and to go and get them. So, as I say, that 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 would be a no-brainer for me. I think yeah. it's something that Rangers need to do more of um, in terms of you know plucking the best talent available in Scotland. You know, yeah. we can your your direct rivals. It's something that Celtic have done fairly well over the last the last few years. If you think back to like Armstrong and Gary McKay, Stephen and. You know, a few others that they've done over the last few years. At times, it, you know, it weakened the teams around them and made them stronger. And you know, I think that's you know, my Hearts obviously, you know, doing very well this season. It would be a huge blow if they were to lose John Sewer, but an even bigger blow if they if they lose him to Rangers. So, um, you know, I think it's something that Rangers should be looking to do more of. I mean, there's obviously there's only a select few guys in the Premiership that are probably at a level where they could come in and you know, even be a Rangers squad player, never mind be a Rangers first team starter, but the guys that are there, I think Rangers should be looking to, to take them away, especially take them away if, if Celtic are snuff about them as well. Yeah, just finally, Andreas Skov Olsen, uh, I mean, he's been continually linked with Rangers. Um, Brian Ludrup actually 
watching Lyric Club out and today saying he thinks he would be a, a great signing. It seems to be a position that they, they, they're looking at. Uh, um, just to kind of offer uh, a threat on the other flank from uh, Ryan Kent. What, what about him, Andy? I don't know much about him, but I mean, you know, in terms of the right hand side, I think it is an issue that Van Broncos will want to address because he does like to play with the two out and out wingers. You know, we, we've seen Aribo's played a wee bit out there, but it's you know found his home sort of more in the centre. Uh, just find Morelos, Scott Wright's um, done well, but um, I think in terms of output, assists, goals. I mean, I know he scored last week, but I think in order to to become a regular, he needs to do that a lot more consistently. So, uh, and Kamal Roof's played there as well, but. Again, he's had his injury issues, so I think it is an area that Van Bronckhorst will be keen to to address. Uh, Hadji's obviously played out there as well, but just doesn't look comfortable the way Van Bronckhorst playing, wanting the, the wide men to stay wider. Um, doesn't really have the pace to be an out-and-out winger, so I think it will, will be one of the priorities for, for Van Bronckhorst to try and, try and look at. It's funny, but he's playing over. Uh, he's playing in Bolo- um, Italy, obviously with Bologna. But the story actually sounds not that dissimilar to Loudrup, where he's you know they're not playing a system that suits him a bit yeah. stifled as a winger, and he's a player who, from speaking to people who watched him, say that he's well, I suppose like many wingers needs to play in a team that's got plenty of the ball and it's all about confidence and that, that probably Rangers would be the ideal yeah. um, team for him. You know, going to dominate domestically and. Um, so I think, I think, I think of, all the, of all the guys mentioned, Gav, he'd be the one that that they would that they would seriously want to go and go and get. Um, no, still young enough, but but has picked up good experience. You no, know, as an international, played in Serie. I think you're right. The situation that he's in just seems right for a club like Rangers to go and try and get him. I think you would the type of player he is. He does fit into the way Van Bronckhorst wants to play. No, he likes to stay wide, he's quick, he's direct. No, he's got a goal threat. It, to me, he picks every box. It's just what, what it's going to take to go and, to go and get him in terms of finances. Um, well, it looks as if that would be another loan because I think Bologna are open to a loan deal. So it would be, again, just try before you buy. Yeah, well, I think, as I said, there's been a few names mentioned. I think the boy at Leeds has been mentioned as well. So some of the, the Dutch... Dutch boys been mentioned as another kind of right wing, but uh, kind of possible for them. But Scott Olsen to me kind of seems to tick tick all the boxes. Um, and I agree, and I think the right wing will be Van Bronckhorst's priority. I know now he's going to need to go and get uh he's going to go and get a backup right back with Patterson going. But getting into this window, pretty much for the minute Van Bronckhorst walked in the door, I think his priority would have been to get to get a right winger um, who fits into the way he wants to play. And as I say, of, of, of all the names I've seen, to me, uh, to me, Scove Olsen would be the one. He seems gettable. Yeah. As I say, the profile's good. Um, I think I think if they can get him, it'd be a really good signing for him. The boy Somerville was actually at Feyenoord when the although he never played for the first team. So, I mean, he's somebody that he will be aware of. Although Rangers had been linked with him prior to Van Bronckhurst. Um, joining, so he's obviously somebody who's who's been on the, the on Ross Wilson's notepad before, um, so that'll be interesting. Right, well, we'll see how those two pan out. Uh, but thanks for joining us today, and then. Um,
catch up again next week and see what develops on the transfer front. Thank you. Cheers, Gav. Cheers, Gav.